the beating heart of of music is east london and specifically dalston i would i would add that when we talk about the uk um or even europe um dalston i i don't know if some people might disagree with me but i feel like dalston is the is the new orleans of uh of live music you know it's the new orleans of jazz it's the new orleans of of all these are the live live genres of music so we're going to fella kuti yeah alphabet Um, in the last two episodes, uh, we had the story of passing clouds and its resurgence as the Jago. But let me take you back a bit. Um, when they ordered hospitality venues to shut, I remember being um, being at the Jago, organizing the the events for 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 that for that week. I believe it might have been a Monday when. Um, when uh, we had this uh, Monday evening, when we had this address by Boris. Good evening. The coronavirus is the biggest threat this country has faced. And uh, literally from that Monday, day by day, we could see promoters were sending us emails and um, cancelling all the events. And um, then obviously we got the, uh, the announcement by the uh, by the chancellor that um, there would be this new word that most of us had never heard before called furlough and uh, I think um, there was a lot of uh, running around trying to figure out what it means I remember asking our our accountant to explain but his explanation seemed uh, even more confusing than the chancellor's speech so um, luckily we had um, uh, a WhatsApp group, which had just started, which was for venue owners, venue managers, promoters, and that sort of thing. So within that group, um, we got uh, an explanation that I could work with, and I, I was then able to relay this to to the staff. And uh, that's that's I think that's how we sort of uh, figured out what being on furlough meant. One week after our birthday, we were actually preparing for one of our biggest weekends. Uh, we have had parties before with the Masam uh, promoter, there's a, or Masam Promotions, and they put on this uh, electronic Egyptian music. So we were ready for a very big night. Um, they were meant to be on the main stage. Upstairs, we had uh, La Malafamera, which is an Argentinian night. The Argentinian night actually cancelled. The Egyptian night still went ahead, but it meant that uh, we had to give a lot of ticket refunds and we had a lot less people um, at the venue because it was pretty much only the people that came for the Egyptian night that were at the venue. And yet we had 
obviously ordered a lot of stock to cover all these people. So we basically had, you know, loads and loads and loads, hundreds of, um, of, of, of pints in the cellar. Actually, let me take you down to the cellar so that uh, I can show you how we dealt with it. So this is the cellar now. As you can see, we've uh, added a few things. There's uh, your dispense machines, you've got your pipelines, and it was really just about making the best use of um, the little space that we have. Um, like many other venues, um, we when the announcement was made, was just before um, a big weekend for us. In fact, the announcement was made, um, unfortunately, just one week after our first year birthday. We had the stock, but because I thought that... Um, uh, this lockdown that was announced would only be for a short time. Uh, that week, um, I'd actually already made my order. So not only did I have a lot of stock, I'd added more stock on the stock that I had remaining from the previous weekend. And uh, what then happened was, after about a month, it started becoming very clear that uh, the lockdown was going to be much longer. Two months later, it became clear that this was going, we'd have to, you know, go through this with a long haul. And uh, the, um, the, our, our partner um, company that uh, we buy most of our stock from is Molson Cause. They announced that uh, we would have to get rid of our stock. Um, so, obviously, at the same time, these are bears and kegs. They have a shelf life of up up to uh that's just the ice machine by the way uh, don't be scared it's not a big rat so they have a sh shelf life of about three months um which meant that we in london we were going to have an unprecedented uh situation where we would have to get rid of a lot of uh, a lot of beer and this was not just us plus many other venues that were holding stock and in fact, at that point, one of the things that um, uh, we started considering and many other venues was how do you get rid of, you know, hundreds and hundreds of liters? The next option was pouring all this beer down the drain. Um, you know, there, there was reports in the newspapers about what effect this might have to the environment. You know, this was millions of, I think uh, there was a study that said 50 million liters have to be uh, poured down the drains. Uh, for us, for example, we had about 22 barrels. Of those, there was about um, 14 barrels that were lager. So um, I had the very hard job of drinking most of that. <laughs> I believe that was my doing my bit for the environment. So... <laughs> Over the next uh, four months, I basically um, uh, had quite a lot of uh, beer. Unfortunately as well, uh, there was the lockdown, so I couldn't even invite friends over to have the beer. A lot of our staff obviously were at home, so they were very bored. I think the initial first week, the second week, um, they didn't turn up. But 
after about three weeks they started coming down and um, basically they would volunteer to do all the other stuff that we were doing as a venue that was not the live music or selling drinks uh, because for example we have a surplus food market so our staff basically came down and started working as the volunteers in the surplus food market which we were giving to struggling families in the local area. In the beginning, we, uh, because we didn't think this would go for very long, we adopted a, a wait-and-see sort of um, uh, plan. That was our plan. But then once we realized that this would go on for quite a while, we decided that we would do a crowdfunder. Unfortunately, I think our crowdfunder was, um, you know, we probably didn't say it up at the best time because... Um, our 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 local community that would have supported us were also going through the same problems that we were going through um thus um our crowdfunder didn't actually do that well um we were able to raise some money it wasn't a lot of money but um of course we were very grateful for the amount of money that we we were able to raise so at that point it was also announced that um, businesses could access this loan um, that the the government released as part of a package, which I believe was 1.5 billion package. They announced. Um, we thought long and hard about it. Um, we w- we definitely said we would not be one of the first people to go for the loan. Um, we gave it a lot of thought and uh, realized that. If we took a loan, we would ideally like to know when the pandemic would end. And because we didn't really have any dates and we knew that the loan would have to be paid back after 12 months, we thought it wouldn't be a a good idea because um, uh, according to us, you would one would take a loan and one would be expected to pay back in 12 months. However, you'd be expected to pay back with money or with resources that had come at a period that we were sure we wouldn't be trading. So how then would one be able to pay back this money? So having sat down and, and, and um, you know, come to that conclusion, we decided it wouldn't be best for us to, to take a loan. When finally they said that um, venues could somehow open um not not in the evening but just during the day uh um, we decided to open up our upstairs floor we gave it to a group a collective of um, artists who are out of a job but it just happened that some of them could actually cook um so they started using the room um uh just to be able to raise some money we started using the room as a co-working space because some of um, some of our customers that used to come previously told us that at that point they had been working at home for maybe a month, a month and a half, and they were getting pretty bored of working at home, so they just wanted to go somewhere else. So we opened the the upper floor as a co-working space. Um, we were also able to get some of the surplus food that we received. 
and we would then give this to the collective um, so we gave out the surplus food obviously to struggling families but we were also able to use some of this surplus food to uh, you know make uh, some sandwiches and paninis and that sort of thing and give to uh, the people that came to the co-working space and that was able to at least give some wages to the volunteers When we had the first lifting of the lockdown, we were very worried because firstly, as a venue, we've always been known as a late night venue because we are one of the few venues in London that has a 4am license. So people tend to come to the Jago quite late. I'd say most of our guests tend to come from about 9.30, 10, 11, and they would stay with us till about 3.30 in the morning. We also um, don't have an outside space, so, you know, if the weather is great, people would be out somewhere in a park and then they would finish off their night with us. So we were very worried because, um, number one, it meant that we had to completely rethink our business model because now we were going to have to put on music much earlier in the day and we weren't sure if people would come. The other thing as well was that um, uh, the numbers would would have been uh, less, the numbers that we could have. So we were reopening, but we could only have a, um, a certain number of, of people with the social distancing in place. Um, but uh, what we realized was um, our customers really wanted to watch live music. So they started coming out early. And um, it was the first time ever since we opened that, for example, we would be open at 5 p.m. And we noted that um, a lot of people would come from about 6 and, uh, you know, they stayed until um, 9 or 10 which we, we didn't think was even possible. Um, additionally, a lot of musicians were very understanding um, that um, we, were, we now had a much smaller budget to um, uh, cover the, uh, you know, the musicians that came and performed. I think a lot of people worked with each other knowing that we were all in this together and uh, you know, we needed to find a way where musicians at least got something for playing, but also venues did not, you know, spend everything they had to cover the, the gigs that musicians were having. And in terms of, of, of the industry, I, f I think the industry really came together because at the same time, there was a lot of information coming from NTIA, which is the Nighttime Industries Association, and uh, MVT, which is the Music Venue Trust. Um, basically, you know, everyone came together. I remember MVT doing um, some virtual gigs as well, where they raised money, which was supposed to go to the venues that were at m uh, most at risk of um, completely shutting down.
cannot begin to say just how important um, the, the nightlife or culture, music is. Um, we, we, you know, most people know just how much um, that industry adds to the UK economy. And on top of that, I think the beating heart of, of music is East London and specifically Dalston. A lot of people know that Dalston is this very eclectic um, area where you can get all sorts of music, all sorts of food, um, you know, different genres. Um, everything about the, the, the nightlife is, is incredible in East London. Um, and this comes from a long history. Um, we know, for example, the Four Aces Club, which was in Dawson as well, um, is where um, where the current Dawson Junction station is now. Um, is one of the clubs that started this growth of uh, reggae music in in the UK, and uh, and everyone played there. And when the Four Aces shut. The club that was there was uh, Labyrinth, which literally created the UK rave scene. Um, so Dawson has always had this uh, history with the music. And even now as we speak, we've got loads and loads of amazing places right next to the Jago. You've got Haggerston, which has had um, a jazz jam session for the last 22, 23 years. You've got Vortex at um, Gillette Square in Dalston. You've got um, a Servants' Quarters Jazz Bar. And then you, it's literally a 10-minute walk to Shoreditch. And you've got loads and loads in Shoreditch, like Rich Mix and uh, the Blues Bar. So I think um, East London has always been a, a, a special place when it comes to music in london and in the uk i would i would add that when we talk about the uk um or even europe um dawson i i don't know if some people might disagree with me but i feel like dawson is the is the new orleans of uh of live music you know it's the new orleans of jazz it's the new orleans of of all these other live live genres of music Tonight is um, our last uh, night before we go into another lockdown, unfortunately. But um, yeah, so we've got Simo uh, Lagnawi um, who plays this uh, style of music called Gnawa from uh, North Africa. But um, you know, Simo is you know is is incredible, and um, I th- it also serves to show just. The, the sort of diversity we have in terms of the music. You know, you're in the space where someone who's from this uh, Gnawas of uh, tradition, who's playing a, a North African trance-like music at a space in East London, in London, I think it's, it's, it's amazing. Like two hours, I think go smoke, we'll have a drink, you see? <laughs> okay.
Gimbri, I always said they have four or five names. They have Gimbri, Hajruj, Dindna, Gugu. Uh, uh, yeah, four names or five. I forget that number five. As I'm Moroccan, you will see that base. Like, for example, the brothers Basiko, Bas Basiko Kuyeti. They have all the Gimbris. They have Ngonis and they have a Gimbri, but with different strings. But what we have, this, we made it like from half three, like about, symbolic, the slime coming and about, and stuff like that. And we have, um, and we have, we don't have just this instrument, we have other instruments, but I explain to you about the Gimbri. Made of half three and camel skin, especially neck, the skin of the camel. Sorry for this. Passing clouds. Now is it the Jago? Same house, same vibe. It's gonna, it's gonna in the future. It's gonna be large, large, large because we know the crowd in East London, especially in Boston and stuff. I think uh, the people who are there holding this Jago, they, you know, they, they knows what they're doing. Like, you know, Kwame, he knows what was going on with the musician, and he know he met lots of different kind of musicians of the clouds before, but. For this lockdown, we're gonna wait, and then after we're gonna come back, we'll make like that Sundays, jams, and stuff, and things, and try just to make this house. Peace. <laughs>